This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, so for Shavuos, I wanted to do something um, inside, obviously. The, um, the text that we're going to be using, the text itself is in a barbanel, I photocopied it from at the yeshiva. We do Shabbos. We learn Rishonim on Chumash. Over the years, I've collected a lot and recently put it out as a collection called Yisori Torah. It's not advertising because I have no copies left, so I don't have any at home. But um, it just it was easy to get permission from the author to copyright to, to photocopy it. So that's why I took it from there. It's um, it was just very convenient. The piece that we're going to see is from the Barbanel. It's, it's on page 399 from, the, from you know, the second half for the next page. The Barbanel was really at the end of the latest count of the Rishonim Skufa. He lived at the end of the Spanish era. He um, was, was part of the goal of Sfarad. He was an extraordinary person in, in, in his in how many things he encompassed in his life, but his Pirush on Chumash and Tanakh is a classic, except as the fate of all classics, it's greatly praised, and very few people use it today, because it's big. It's um, very comprehensive. His, he tends to take in, he'll ask questions, and sort of line up all the other Rishonim that spoke about it, um, and have his problems with them, offer sometimes his own suggestion, but he's extremely thorough in terms of on different issues, lining out all shitas of Rishonim, and so on. So, so it's very, very comprehensive pirush. Um, part of the things we did in this, in this um, work, this collection was, we sort of edited out wherever the Abarbanel goes off, digresses on a very, very large digression which sort of takes your attention away, try to keep it to the outline and the main points that he's supposed to, that, that he's dealing with. Um, the issue, the point that he's going to be dealing with is the following point. The, the events at Har Sinai, it says, we heard HaKadosh Baruch Hu speak, Kav Yochel. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared and spoke to Kal Yisrael. Technically, that ought to make us into Nevi'im, that ought to make us into prophets, almost by definition. Most Rishonim hold that Klal Yisrael at, um, at Maimon Sinai attained um, a, a status of a prophet. We were prophets. Um, you can just, that's it, they, they attained the status of prophets, and, and they were Nevi'im. All of Kaisal were Nevi'im. That's the way most Rishonim understand. The Rambam is the big exception. The Rambam Mornevuchim in two places. The Rambam says it's impossible. Um, the reason why it's impossible is because to be, to be a Navi, you have to attain a certain madrega of competence in terms of intellect, in terms of purity of heart, in terms of depth of understanding. I mean, communicating with Kadesh Baruch Hu. So the Rambam says impossible that everybody attain prophecy. 
And the Rambam learns the Chazal in a very different way. We're not going to go into Rambam Shita. He seems to be on the mute in this one. Most of Shonim are learning not like him. And the Abarbanel explores the reasons for it. The, the rule is, generally speaking, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not do miracles that are unnecessary. In other words, to make people into prophets when they're not prophets, when, they, when they're not prepared to be prophets, is not something that should be done lightly. It's not something we would expect um, uh, 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 it to happen. And the question is, if it happened, which most of Shonim are of the opinion, why did it happen? What was the reason for the nace? The Evan Ezra lines out five different opinions in Rishonim, and they're more than just five different opinions. Each one of them, they don't contradict each other. Each one is a very important facet, a very important dimension in understanding what Matan Torah was, and therefore, um, and therefore understanding why, why we were there as prophets, and so on. So it's on page 399, in the, in the, mid, in the middle of the page. Why did not HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell it to Moshe, and Moshe communicated to us? That should have been the procedure. The Aseris Hadibris are not halachically more significant than other parts of Torah. And, and it's not, I mean, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have told to Moshe, and Moshe could have told to us. There was no need for that um, to, to make us into it. So the Barbanel says, He has five different reasons, five different points of why it was that Kaisal needed to be prophets. One, Ha'echad Hu so the first point is one of the very sore points of Kfira was the belief in prophecy. And let's explain that a little bit. I mean, if Hashem can do anything, if He create the world, why can't He have prophecy? And it was um, it was a type of thought process which was very recurring in the Greek philosophers and stretches today. The idea is as follows, that there is an almighty or all-powerful entity that brought the world into being is a steep battle to refute. And people, um, and people don't mind accepting that, provided that the idea that he actually is concerned enough to interact with the world and, 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 and uh, communicate, be- not because he can't communicate, not because that the entity that created the world is not capable of broadcasting words. That, that's a silly argument. The, the real crux of the argument is that it, if... God is as all-powerful and almighty and, uh, and omniscient and, and, and omnipotent, everything you have, why would he really care if a crumb of a person does anything? 
So it's not, it's the idea of communicating as if there was some interaction that they have it, they have a, a very bothersome, a very bothered about it. And once you take that away, you can believe in God as much as you want. It, it doesn't interfere with your day-to-day life. You, you, it's as good as whether, whether you deny the existence of God or you deny that he interacts with people, you're basically getting the same thing. So the first point is there were many people who denied prophecy. Ramban has a question on that. He says, had it in them. They already believed. Um, so he says the answer is quite clear. He said, when you say they all believed, it, 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 it's not across the board. Many people believed, many people believed very solidly, but many people were affected by the culture, lived in Mitzrayim. Um, so why wouldn't we think some of the people had doubts about it? And it says, the positive doesn't say everybody believed, it says the people believed. And he says there are many people today, he says, why is, the, why is Ramban so shocked? There are plenty of Jews today that have the same problem. Many of the people who, who sort of identify with a philosophic thought process, um, they deny prophecy. Which, and again, the, 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 um, the, the more... Um, the, the liberal reform movements denied it outright, even if they believed in some sort of entity and deity and so on, but the idea that he communicated, revealed, told anything wasn't there. He says they believed in a way which was probably better, they would deny it, than the way they believe in it. If Moses was inspired, people lift themselves up. There are many euphemisms for saying it's nonsense. If you're a rabbi and you can't just say it's nonsense, you can use many, many other descriptions. It was really personal inspiration, it was this, it was that, the other thing. So he says, The Pasik says, So unless Klal Yisrael had a personal experience of prophecy and, and, and realized that it is possible for a human being and a Kaddish Baruch Hu to connect and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu cares, despite the fact that it's something that is so difficult to comprehend, why would the Almighty, All-Powerful, and so on, care very much, but you can't deny the experience. So the experience of prophecy made it for them a reality that God connects with man. Once we know that for sure, the Matan Torah is 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 falls under the category of the plausible when a prophet comes and he says, "Akash Baruch who said you're sinning, you need to change your ways." We know that something like that exists, and with all with all questions, still at the end of the day, it's a reality. So the first one was to impress the concept of Nevu and Klal So we had to be Nevi'im for some time. Two, Hatachis Hashenihu. 
The ability that the ability to have uh, the, the the way to have an absolute marker that this is the absolute truth. Now let's let's explain where it's coming from. This answer to Barbanel, this point is built around the Rambam, despite the fact that the Rambam himself doesn't hold that all of Kaisal prophecy. But but there is something that the Rambam says, which is very much. Let's speak it out a little bit at first, outside. Um, the let's uh, let's ask ourselves the following: Someone comes along, and he says he's a prophet, and thus said the Lord, so on and so forth. We can choose to believe him. We can choose to believe him because we personally feel he must be telling the truth. We can choose to believe him because he does things that are miraculous, and that seems to us indicating that he's, that this must be true. What happens? If someone else comes and and uh, changes it, and this person is no less charisma, is no less charismatic, he might also perform a miracle or two. So there's no real reason to believe one over the other. And um, and and then at, at that rate, you have something that will be bent and twisted at every whim. Sometimes people are outright charlatans. Sometimes people have just powerful charisma. Sometimes people can actually do miracles. The Torah says they could do miracles because Hashem is testing us. So how are we ever going to have absolute truths? I once was speaking to a group of boys who was Asia Torah and was speaking, if someone asks you, if, if a Christian debates you and he asks you, well, you know, Yeshu came and he changed it all. He had prophecy, he was a prophet, and he changed it all. So why do you persist in believing it? So the answer, the appropriate answer is that Muhammad came and changed that. You're behind times. You're a few hundred years out of kilt because Muhammad's got a new Torah. If he, if he tells you, okay, so what about Muhammad? Then tell about, about John Smith, about the Mormonism. and the, the, There'll always be some new Navi that's going to come along. It, it, it's, it's not a firm, it, it's not a firm foundation to base it on because at, in those days for sure it was always a Navi Sheker that twisted it. So how, do, so, so how do we have something that's firm and in place? So the Rambam says, I, I was going to photocopy it, it's a very, very important Rambam, and he spends almost an entire peric on it. The Rambam says the following point. He says, miracles prove nothing. Um, if, if, if I can levitate a building and lift it up, it means nothing. It might mean that I'm, I can have great special effects. It might mean I have some powers that are extraordinary. But that doesn't make me right. It doesn't make me necessarily God's emissary. It, it, it just means there's a phenomenon that dumbfounds me. It's not an exact. It's not an exact cause for proving. It's not an exact proof. It tends to convince you. So the Ramam says the only thing that a person. It's just like in court. Circumstantial evidence is evidence, but personal experience, whether by the fact that you saw it yourself or someone is giving over what he saw, if, if you feel is reliable. That's the only thing that we feel is absolute truth. 
evidence is evidence, and it might be strong evidence, but, but many times a strong case of circumstantial evidence has been, you know, when, you, when they had the camera or, or they had witnesses, it's been disproven. So the only thing that could have withstood the test of time was the following. Prophets are not in themselves, miracles are not proof that the prophet is telling the truth. The reason why we believe in a prophet, the Ramam says, is as follows. That we had an experience at Har Sinai that is as real to us as any other element of reality that we had. And in that experience, we heard HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell Moshe, 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 come up and I'll give you the Torah. Now, in the Torah that he gave us, it says, if a person comes, and we know that he's a cheskes kashrus, we know that he's a, 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 a pious person, etc., etc., and he, and he tells us what will be, he brings a sign, and it comes true, we're obligated to listen to him. But his credentials are not personal, they're only because they've been endowed with credentials from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu we know is true because the truth of Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah is personal experience and therefore it is to us a fact like the sun is in the sky is a fact and the moon is in the sky is a fact it, it's, it's, it goes to the very core of what we know as fact Moshe Rabbeinu who had Emes said if a prophet comes and presents credentials, and the credentials are A, B, and C, listen to him, and the exception is if he tries to either push for Vodazara or um, push for uprooting any halach in the Torah on a permanent basis. So, we, so, so the truth, the absolute truth, is the personal experience of prophecy at Har Sinai, together with Moshe, the Ramam says we didn't have our, not everyone had personal prophecy, but they experienced it, that they, they, they were very clear that Moshe had it. The, most other Rishonim say everyone was part of it, and any other prophet or miracle worker, etc., he's there because he's been endowed with the right and power by Moshe Rabbeinu. But that's it. So he says, Hatachlis Hashenihu. The understanding that this is going to be permanent, eternal. And a prophet or, or dreamer that will rise at some point. He can't change anything. They won't make the mistake to listen to him, being that he denies something that was given me Sinai. And that's what the Pasuk means. It says, I want people to be at the mountain together in order that in order that uh, they listen and that they will believe in you forever. Ratzaloma. Sheyakiru v'yeidu Torah It wasn't like a Torah that was given personally to Adam and Noach. 
but rather this was something given to everyone, and everyone is a witness to it. And everyone reinforces the other person's testimony as to its validity. Says, the Rambam really says it, and that's, and that's, and that's really the, Rambam's, the way Rambam says it. So the, the second pshat that he brings is based around the Rambam's description of how we evaluate nevuos is that there never, prophecy was a personal experience of I heard it from him. Not that I heard it from somebody very reliable. It was the only part of the Torah that wasn't hearsay. And, the, and in that experience of personal experience of HaKadosh Baruch who communicating his will, the, the Moshe as his Torah being absolute emis was communicated. HaKadosh Baruch said Moshe being the Torah. And that which says in the Torah now sets the standard to measure future Nevi'im. So there will be Nevi'im, there will be miracle makers, but they only are right if they follow a certain standard of not Avodah not uprooting any mitzvahs and, uh, on a permanent basis and so on. And this has been um, the other religions that, you know, this is another point actually, um, the one thing that Christianity cannot claim, you don't have to deny any of the events, there's no, there's no need to deny it because it's, it's absolutely irrelevant. If you claim to be, if you claim to start your own religion, then yes, you can start your own religion. But if you claim in any way to continue um, the religion of Kalal Yisrael, Kalal Yisrael's Torah does not have a provision in it for abrogating it. It has a provision for overriding for Harasha, which a Navi can do, and possibly Sanhedrin, but it's not, there is no way within the Torah to abrogate the mitzvahs. People can leave and do their own things. I mean, that's, that's Bechira, and you can do whatever you want. But it's not, Torah, it's not, it's, it's not the Hemshech of, of, of Har Sinai. You've turned your back to Har Sinai. You haven't gone forward. That's the second piece, and it's really the Rambam's Yisod. Third one. Hatachlis ashlishi hu sherotza kadosh baruch hu lashrisham b'shorish echot toroni amiti. A kadosh baruch hu wanted to bring in a very important point. Vehu shafilosofim chashvu shehoisa nevua dvar tivi. Let's stop at this a second. Let's discuss this. Um, the Kuzari says, when he speaks about, um, when he has the, the Kuzari is a safer meant, it, it's meant to describe Yiddishkeit in Sashkafa and so on. It, it's against the backdrop of a king searching for truth. And there are, there's a little presentation at the beginning from a secular philosopher, Greek philosopher, um, a Christian and a Muslim, like what are your basic points, his issues with it, and he moves on to, to the Chavar to speak about, about Yiddishkeit. That's the framework of the Sefer. It doesn't, it's not meant to be, um, to engage in a, in a full-fledged, in a full-fledged uh, dialogue 
or debate with others. It's not that safe. It's just more of a backdrop, backdrop to get to the point of Yiddishkeit. He, he, he sort of delineates the point of departure from other religions and perspectives to Torah. When he speaks to the philosopher, the philosopher um, basically says the following, that the um, man has tremendous capabilities of self-perfection, and when he gets to a certain point of great perfection, he is what was called a prophet, what was called all the things that people of the generations have described in, in, in wonderful terms, that's what they're referring to. Um, the deity that he envisions has no real wants, desires, uh, etc. And it's all the person's own perfection that he reaches certain madrega. That is the way they looked at it. The, um, the Rambam, when he speaks about a prophet, he says a very fascinating um, piece, almost at the end. He speaks about how a person becomes a prophet. And he says the person has to be noted for his wisdom, for his righteousness, for etc., etc., etc. Then the person studies by a prophet, and he attains very, very high madrigals, and so on and so forth. Then he says, at a certain point, he says he's worthy of becoming a prophet. He says, and he may get prophecy, and he may not get prophecy. It's, it's almost as if, until that point of prophecy, it's up to you. A person can become a tzaddik by his own, um, by his own work. I mean, we, we understand that it's very difficult, and if a Baruch doesn't help us, there's not a great chance. But it's not impossible in the, in the real sense of the word. Um, the same thing passed with Ruach HaKodesh even it's hard to, to tell the Rambam but it's something which is attainable by human effort and it's commensurate to what we are what we deserve and so on when it gets to the point of prophecy the Rambam says maybe yes, maybe not that's how the Rambam says it what's the point of that? why? Um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it seems unfair. Um, here's a person, so if I, if I work on myself a little bit, I can be a small tzaddik. If I work on myself a lot, I'm a big tzaddik. If I work on myself tremendously, I might get Ruach HaKodesh. And those are all things that are built in and, and attainable. But if I, if I, but prophecy could be, I, I could be, I work hard, could be I'm on a higher madriga than most prophets, I don't get prophecy. What's the, what's the point behind it? Why is that? So the answer is like this. If I can attain it with my effort only, then it's me. There's no other. Just there's, Where is the other if it's totally up to me? The sense of the other is only if no matter what I do, maybe yes, maybe not. Imagine, imagine, the following, uh, imagine the following scenarios. Let's say a person, we, we had um, Dr. Lerner the, from here, ate by us a few, two or three weeks ago, Friday night, um, and there was a young boy sitting at the table, uh, uh, and he heard that he's a psychologist, it, it, it fascinated him. 
And his first question was, he looked at us, you're a psychologist? He said, yeah. He says, can you manipulate people? I think that he said it's a double fee for that. But the but the but he's you know he, like I was looking back and he said I possibly could, but that would be highly unethical. But I, let's let's think through the scenario. If I can manipulate another person, one hundred percent, there's no other there. Then it's me, um, because it's my input that's going to create the output. So am I communicating with someone? Am I, am I having a relationship with someone? No. Um, let's, let's take an example in another area. Um, a person looks for a, um, a person looks for a spouse, for a mate, and it's obvious that a person sort of disagrees on many of the things that are important to me. It's not, I mean, you know, we can respect the other, but it's not, it's not a great idea to, to, to get married. Let's imagine the opposite scenario. A person that the only thing ever says is, yes, you're right. We might think it's, it's blissful, but the truth is, I mean, a little thought, it's horrendous, because where is the other? It's only when, it would, no matter what I do, maybe yes, maybe not, is where I realize it's the other. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Rambam's Lashon for Bechira is, Rishus Nesuna, there is, we have the ability to do a vast amount of things because the earth is not simply Adam. And, and anything within the world, Tzadik goes, there's many, many, many areas where it's sort of up to us. Not really, really, but HaKadosh made a bubble, and in that bubble we're king. And it's up to us to be a Tzadik and, and, and the biggest Tzadik and maybe attain certain Madrigs Ruch HaKodesh. But Prophecy is a whole new world, and that's the understanding that I'm communicating with the other. And therefore, if I wish, if I can't wishes he endows it, if not, not. And there's nothing I can do to force Nevoah. That I think is the Pshat and the Rambam in what he says. And, and therefore, he says over here the philosophers felt that prophecy is something natural in the person. A person can develop, 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 and just like a person can bring out goodness in himself, or righteousness in himself, many things, and bring out prophecy. Um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to demonstrate that it's not a human um, type of, of endeavor. It's really, really something that's extraordinary. It's not a natural occurrence, meaning unpredictable. Our definition of natural events, things that conform to any sense of law, means predictability. And if it's not predictable, it's, it's, it's not. I once saw just a sort of a digress or pathetic remark, but a very, very, um, a, a, a very sharp point. S- somebody wrote to the rest of the Rebbe a letter. It doesn't have that letter, it just has a response. But it seemed to have been that the person wrote something along the following lines. He said, um, I am suffering terribly, I have many tsarists, and they are simply inexplicable. They're just unfathomable. They're not to be understood why I'm suffering, the suffering and so on. So he replied, 
fortunate are you? Because if you would be able to explain them, you would only have the suffering. Now you have God in the picture. In other words, if I can explain it, it's either because of something natural, or even Averos, if Averos are mechanical, if you do Averos X, this Y happens, you lost Akadosh Baruch in the equation. Then basically, you know, it's, it's all you. And, and that's, but, but when you get to the point where reason stops, there's the other there. And at least there's a sense of other. So he says, Akadosh Baruch Hu said, no, this is something beyond what's in our realm. And that's why even the person who is not prepared for prophecy, normally HaKadosh Baruch Hu will not give prophecy to the person not prepared for it. But since it's really up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then he can do it even if not prepared. There were different people in Shoftim and in Treasa that seemed to, to have been, whether it was Yiftach or whether it was, uh, the, the, you know, not clear, it just says almost uh, was a no um, it's whether what it was, but, but Akaponim, the Navi gives us a sense as if he was a nobody. Kashparuchu said, since Nevoa is up to me, I generally choose to give it to the one who is the capable, the worthy. But since it's up to me, when I want to, I give it to everybody. He said, how is it God spoke to so many people? So what's the, what's the problem? If God can speak from Shemayim down, why can't he talk loud enough so that a million people hear? Well, what's the issue? So, so Rebbe says says the Hadgasha, the, the, the point of, that he's stressing is, how would he speak to the entire community? Young people, unlearned people, people who are really not astute at all. Even if they would be people that are coarse and, and not really worthy, so he says that part of the point was to present prophecy to the people that are not worthy, to show that prophecy is something that is Hashem speaking, and therefore when he chooses, it goes, I mean, it doesn't go. HaKadosh Baruch doesn't make people into big Talmud Chachamim if they don't learn. There's no, HaKadosh Baruch doesn't wave a magic wand and the stupid become learned. That doesn't happen. HaKadosh Baruch doesn't wave a magic wand and people who are Rishoyim become Tzadikim. Because that's part of our dominion. That's what we have to do. That's our input. But Nevu is a Kaddish Baruch Hu's Dibur. A Kaddish Baruch Hu generally chooses the, 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 the Chacham, the, the Tzaddik, and so on. But if he wants to, just like he doesn't endow prophecy to the person who's worthy because he chose not to, he chooses to endow prophecy at this event to even the person that's unworthy. Now he has a fourth reason. So let's, let's first describe it outside and we'll see it in, and then we'll see it inside. 
Um, it says it says that Akadish Baruch. It says by in Beshalach when they came to Mara, it says they couldn't drink the waters Kimarim Hema because they were bitter. And Akadish Baruch was said to throw in a, a, a tree and so on. It says that in Mara, Akadish Baruch Hu gave us some mitzvahs. So the Chassidim explain the the big Chassidish masters explain that. Torah is likened to water, and when they came there, they couldn't fathom the idea of learning. Learning wasn't something that sat with them. So what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did was, he gave them a sip first, and that got their appetite going. I remember my father, the last two or three weeks of his life, I was with him, and at some point he stopped drinking, and he started hydrating as he was going, and he didn't want anything, and you know, and it was, I, so I forced a little teaspoon of fluid into his mouth, and then he wanted another teaspoon, another, and then he drank a cup, and you know, and, and uh, things got back for a while. Um, things moved again. Um, many times, the preparation happens with an initial taste. That, that doesn't have the effect initially, but prepares us for later. For instance, let's take something. The Gemara says that a child, a Malach teaches a child um, Torah before he's born. He forgets it, and then he relearns it. So what's the point of learning it before if you forget it? The answer is you need to have it first. You need to have a taste of it, or else you'll never have it. Um, there's an interesting... Gemara. The Gemara, usually when the Gemara gives medical advice, the Gemara means to allude to something deeper also. Because it's not, it's, it's not meant to be medical advice. So the Gemara uses a lot of times as a metaphor to introduce something else. The Gemara says in Shabbos, the Gemara speaks about different, different um, advice for babies and stuff like that. One of it says, if a baby doesn't nurse from the mother, so the Lashon of the Gemara is if it refuses to nurse, is its mouth is frozen. The eight is to squirt a little milk onto the, into the baby's mouth, and it will start. It's, it's very clearly, um, there's something much deeper in that. The, 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 um, it, the Gemara says there's no such thing that the baby's body doesn't want to be nourished, that, that, that the food doesn't sit with the baby. It's, it's an impossibility that something living wouldn't eat. But the mouth, sort of, there, there is a, a, some sort of um, blockage, so to speak. It's not, it's not the stomach that's not hungering. It's just the ability to absorb it. It's not used to it. It's never eaten before, so it doesn't have, it's lacking. It, it needs to jumpstart the mechanism. So you, when you give it the first milk, that milk is going to start things going, and then it's going to be able to nurse. That's, it's quite clear that that's, that's a lot of what's, of, of what's in, that, in the Gemara there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us mitzvahs before Mount Torah to start the process. And, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and, and in many places, it, it speaks about it, different things that were there. By, by starting the process once, the second time would be better. The Gemara says in Shabbos, when you light candles on Shabbos, you should first burn the wicks, singe the wicks first, 
and then relight it. It burns much better when it's been charred the first time and then the second time round. It's, it's a concept that recurs in many, many different areas and many different places. Prophecy is something that is beyond the human... It's, it's really beyond the human being. That, 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 that a person communicate with Hashem is something not shaykh. It's a process that we would have a hard time getting it if we didn't experience it first, in the first wave, without our preparation, HaKadosh Baruch imprinting it on us, sort of the first time lighting, and, and lighting the match and extinguishing it, like with the candle, squirting the first drop of milk, giving the first few mitzvahs, all of teaching the Torah and forgetting it. It's, it was the preparatory process of Nevuah in, in Kal Yisrael. So he says, in order to be prepared for it, it will prepare them, them and their children, to get that Shefa. Just like Moshe Beinu, once he went up to the mountain four days and forty nights, Nisha Tomid Muhram Dubek. He was always worthy of prophecy because the same thing, I'm skipping a line, because of that standing at Har Sinai, we have it in us. Those of us that will be worthy of it it's just a question of second time round. It's not the first time. It's the second time round for us. And that's why it's, it's possible to have Nevu and Klaiso because of that. I, I want to stop a second and discuss a point over here. What is so extraordinary about prophecy? Um, I, don't, I, I can't tell you from experience. It's, it's something that uh, modestly prevents me from saying that I've had prophetic, especially since the Gemara says that the only people who have prophecy in these days are fools and young children. So it's certainly not even, not, not only modesty prevents from saying it, but, but the Gaiva as well prevents from saying it. But what is the extraordinary? Let's, let's, let's think it through a little bit. Um, we have a lot of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to tell us. We, we have a Sefer Torah. And all of it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu said. Um, we have Nevi'im and Suvim. All of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said. There was a, there's a, there was a famous Maggid in Yerushalayim, Rabshon Shadron. And he was a very, very powerful Maggid. And I, I, you know, I heard it many times. One of his, one of his ploys was, he said, Rabbi Isai, if I tell you that I'm bringing in Eliyahu Navi here, w- would you come? So, yes, no. Um, now, w- what would you want to talk with Eliyahu Navi about? So, I said, we'd want to hear some Torah from him. So he says, I have it. And he pulled out a medrash. There's a medrash, Tanah of Eliyahu, which is teachings that Eliyahu Navi taught of Yossi and so on. And he said, okay, you, you've all told me that this is your life's dream and this is what you're waiting for. Here it is. That was, it was one of his cute uh, ways of introducing Tanah of Eliyahu. But we have. What's the, what is more in prophecy? The fireworks? The, 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 the um, you know, loud noises? What is there in prophecy that makes it such an extraordinary event? So let's, so, so let's, give, again, let's give a muscle to us. Um, when we talk about communicating with somebody, so 
when somebody writes, that's one communication. Somebody can be very businesslike, and you can ask somebody, you know, where is uh, where is uh, University Boulevard? And the person will say, it's it's down there. So technically, that was a form of speech. I asked him, where's University Boulevard? And he said, one block down on the right. That's speech. Is there any communication from person to person in the sense that in that moment of communication, I actually understood him? Uh, No. Sometimes you have a conversation with a person and a person, this is usually the type of conversation that brings about a tremendously close friendship, relationship, where the words themselves somehow touch the person, and it's a person-to-person interlocking of sorts. In other words, it, 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 you get a sense that, the, that a piece of the person is coming through in, those, in that conversation. That's communication... That's punim upon him, face to face in the real sense of the word, meaning person to person. That's an extraordinary. That's that's a very very extraordinary event. It it we talk all the time and we talk with people and we have, you know, some business like conversations, some friendly conversations, but but really those are, those are, those are the type of conversations that are really really the extraordinary connection between people. To say that I could have to tell us, listen, Rabbi Yisai, you're not allowed to work the first day Shavuos, you have to bring Shteya Lechem, you have to bring, you can start bringing Bikurim, and so on and so forth. To get that information is not prophecy. And that's not called speaking with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's, I mean, there's, there's, there are different expressions in the Gemara. It says a note fell in Hashemayim about certain things. Those means we have the information, but that's not prophecy. A prophetic moment is when the person is mizdabek takarish baruchu in a way that the closest we can parallel is our speech to speech that at a moment of that type of closeness. That, that is something that really, really doesn't defies the imagination that a human being and the divine should be able to connect in a way like that. There's an expression, the Gemara says, in Utrikan of Anochi, Ano, Nafshi, I, my own essence, Kasvis, I wrote it down, Vyahavis, and I gave it to you. That's the Utrikan of Anochi. In other words, when Akadish Baruchu at Har Sinai gave over not the information, not the commandments alone, but a piece of quote unquote self within it, and therefore that's an ex- that's something that people don't have naturally. If a who would not have impressed it into our genes, so to speak, if we had not had an event like our Sinai, where we were given a taste and a sense of prophecy, prophecy which became part of us, we'd never be able to have something like that because it really defies understanding how that could be. It's not problematic to figure out how Kashmir gives us information, 
but, but, but we can find a note. We can find a Sefer Torah written. Kashmir could have passed the Sefer Torah. We'd have the information. But, but prophecy is an experience that's, that is totally apart from getting information. It's connecting through Dibur. And therefore, Kalayislo could not have had it. The, the, the Kuzari, when he speaks about what's unique about Kalayislo, he speaks about prophecy as being, as, as being the heart and soul of it. It's sometimes when we learn it, we have a little hard time because that's not our focus today. And, and by him, that's a very, very important focus that the divine spirit rested on them. And the idea was that there is a Kaddish Baruch who can connect something that defies understanding, but that's the metzias of it. And therefore we needed to have that initial event to impress it on us. Rotsuleima, we'll read the next page on page 4.1. Lehargeleschem bekibul hanevua kideshet hu muchanim eleo tamit. Lekvazacharti lemaila mashomer chazal meoisesho zocho yisol amidem benevim. In the Bechilta, which is the Medrash on the Chumash, says that everything from Har Sinai, Klal had the ability, had the merit to have prophets. Everything that a prophet is going to prophesize, in any generation he got it from Sinai. The way he interprets this is not literally that he got the words that he's going to say, but the ability to be a prophet, the ability to hook into the infinite, that happened at that time. And final, last one is Hatachas Achamishisu. Shekim Shakash Baruchu, Ledabim Am Imoya di Burma Ela, Kedeshe Yiknu, Mishmias Kolom Midas Hayira, Vitalalem, a Mosa Fakat, Migdul Sashansberg, Viholte Boitzingurasa. In other words, the effect that words have are not in the words themselves as much as in the person who says them. The, the, the impact of what is the full meaning of those words lies in, 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 in how it's transmitted. The words of the Torah are the words of the Torah. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was the one who communicated them to us, it gave over the, the year of Shemayim. And if you look at the Psukim, it says constantly that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing this in order that they be scared of him, in order to be Yeris Hashem, and so on and so forth. And it quotes the Psukim. And Moshe told Alti Ro, and so on and so forth. Um, so he said that, I'm skipping down, um, they should get the Mida of Yira, of fearing God. Low Yira's Honish, not fearing God that he could punish them, because if he could make big noises, he could punish them. It should give them a realization of who it is and what it is that they're talking about. Who is the one that said this? Um, that, that's going to be the big prevention for Averis. So I want to recap the points a little bit. The Maimed Har Sinai, it says much when we say in Dayenu, we say, Efakash was Kervonal Har Sinai. You know, it's bringing us to Har Sinai in itself was a significant enough event worthy of thanking Akash even before he gave the Torah. We have an understanding of it. 
Klal Yisrael at Maimed Har Sinai attained um, a, a, a madrega of being a prophet, which means a level of communication with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that the communication bonded Klal Yisrael Hakadosh Baruch Hu in a way that can't be denied, explained away, and or shaken off. And the result of that had five different effects, which he's going, which which he listed, and they're not contradictory; they're all true. The first one is the understanding that there is a rotson hakel that a kaddish baruch who wants talks to people, communicates to them, expects of them, and all of the all of those things. It's not. The, the, the deity is not some sort of dry, abstract entity to solve a, a puzzle in, in physics. So where did it all come from? We'll call it factor X, known otherwise as God. That's not, that's, that, that, that's not a mime to us. It's meaningless. It, 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 it does nothing for anybody. It's the understanding that the God of Toiv, of Anoch Hashem Lekecha, is that was impressed with Nevuah when we got the sense of the other. That's one. Two, we gained, our experience of prophecy gave us a marker for absolute emis. Just like when we, in the world, we have contradictory messages, we, we, we choose a marker and we say, this is absolutely right, this, I see it veering off, and so on and so forth. The only experience, there was no experience that compared that could be called personal experience. Any other phenomenon that happened, a person came along, predicted the future, had a track record being a tzaddik. He was declared a navi because that's what he, that's the Torah says. But it never ever, that is only as good as it fits as a subcategory. Mitzvah so-and-so tells us that if so-and-so says something, we accept it. And that same mitzvah tells us that if he veers from it, it's, it's, it's someone else and, 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 and it's not him. The next one was that prophecy is something that is, comes, this is where HaKadosh Baruch Hu displays him as opposed to ourselves. Tzitkis, Madregos, Ruach HaKodesh, all of that are personal achievements. Um, Hashem doesn't interfere. Um, he may choose to interfere sometime, access libo and so on, but by and large, these are personal achievements. Prophecy crosses the threshold where you connect with the other, and, and, and in that way, it's, it's, it's understanding that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, prophecy is, is, is the ability to hear HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the outside. It's not about us, it's about him and us. The fourth point was that prophecy is something that would be unattainable for anybody if he wouldn't have been pre-programmed for that experience. If he, if he didn't have a dry run, so to speak, and have a sense of it, he'd never ever be able to pick it up on his own because it's so far from what a human being is. HaKadosh Baruch Hu forced it on us, so to speak, impressed us with it. The way a Malach impressed us with Torah before we, we were born and so on, so that in the future generation, when a person does achieve that, he gets a sense of prophecy. He gets the sense of he's able to have it because he's been, so to speak, pre-programmed with it. He's, he's been given that gift, the, 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 the potential for that gift inside him. And finally, the last one was 
that when we learn Torah and we hear mitzvahs, we also hear HaKadosh Baruch Hu in every piece of Torah and mitzvah. That communication was there so that the way we relate to what we heard in Torah mitzvahs is, is commensurate with the one who's being mitzvahed. A mitzvah doesn't stand on its own. A mitzvah it has a mitzvah that stood behind it. And to be able to hear HaKadosh Baruch Hu with every mitzvah, to be able to feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the ones of a mitzvah, that needed an event like prophecy where you sense the other in it. So the year of Shemayim, the year of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in its, in its nobler format, the year of the awe-inspiring year that this, these are not good things to do, these are not recommended things to do. These are not things that will help you. There's such, there's such an emphasis um, today in, in our thinking, even, even when people think about some sort of growth or something, it's all about oneself. Um, the, 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 um, the, you know, it's, will, will this, like religion is a sort of, in, in, in the library, it's listed under like self-help books, kind of, how do I enrich my life? How do I feel more fulfilled? Um, Eastern religions are really not religions in, in any sense of the word. Uh, you know, the, the, many of it is, it's, it's basically how to, uh, how to, how to be happy, how to, how to feel good. It's, it's, it's not, there is not an other that, is, that you can reach out to. It's all within yourself, but, but, but it's all about yourself. Uh, I, was, I, was once, I once heard a kid, some, some boy in school did something that he was basically told to leave for a while, I don't know, for whatever it was. And th- this boy was articulate in, in the language. He told, I don't know, it was Rebbe, principal's a while back, says, I failed to see how this will help me. And, you know, I, I wasn't... This boy said, I always said, you're right, it's not going to help you one bit. It will help many other people because you're not the only person. There are a hundred other people in the room and yes, it, it might not help you, but there are a hundred other people that need the help of getting you out. You know, it's, 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 but it's not, it's all about me. You know, the year means the sense of the other. Mitzvah is not about, yes, it, mitzvahs improve me. Mitzvahs make me happy. Those are all true. But mitzvahs connect me to the beyond. And that's, and that's what Maimar Sinai was. By getting a taste that there's a beyond, that there's a mitzvah, that brings the yira into the mitzvah. And we should be zochah kabbalah Torah for both halves of it. On, 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 on Shavuos, we got the Torah. It's something, Akash Baruch told us that's mayitav lachem. It's something which is, does do good for us, does benefit us, does bring out the best in us. But much more than that, there's Maimon of Sinai, our Kaddish Baruch, who reached out undeservedly to us, when we, we, undeservedly of us, and give us a taste that there is, there is the beyond us, and that Torah and mitzvahs is, is sort of a bridge uh, and, and a rope to connect us to that which is beyond it. We should be zocher to to, be, to have a taste of both those things in Shavuos, and uh, as as we get that taste, we we can take it with us, like he says, and experience it as the year goes on. Both of them.